Welcome, everybody. This is Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode number 65. And if you're wondering why the heck I'm starting things off for us this week, it's because Jim is under the weather. So it's just going to be me and Double A-Ron for this episode. Whoop, whoop. Um, Taking it over. <laughs> yeah, look out. Uh, so if you guys are looking for, you know, a little more of Weird Science Marvel Comics, a couple places you can find us. We obviously have the website going. Only two reviews up so far this week. Very spider-heavy. Uh, but there are more on the way. Uh, that's weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. You can find those. We got Weird Science on Patreon. You can support any of the other extra shows, the spotlights, uh, the, the monthly things Jim and Eric do. Uh, that's where you can find all of that. Just Google Weird Science Patreon, and it'll come right up, take you right where you need to be. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Weird Science Marvel Comics. Uh, I'm sorry. WS Marvel Comics, and then the email is weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com in case you have anything to say for the weekend edition of the podcast. I'm knocking toys over here. I'm, I'm really replacing Eric here now. Uh, I got them <laughs> flying all over the place. But me and Aaron are going to talk three books for you guys this week. We got Amazing Spider-Man first on the docket, number 18. And then we got Daredevil, number three. And then followed up by Fantastic Four. Uh, we're only on number eight. I don't know what we should be on in that series, but I think we should be a little further along. I think it's close to ten or something like that. Yeah, sure. and then we'll 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 find out what Aaron's qualm is with all that in in a few minutes. But we're going to kick things off with Amazing Spider-Man eighteen, uh, where we resume the hunted story, and this is part two. So we've had two basically, I don't know, prequels or preludes, whatever you want to call them, and then now this is. Part two of the actual shindig going down here in Central Park. So Taskmaster and Black Ant's gig capturing animal-themed villains. Craven's pursuit of rich safari hunters. His collaboration with sadistic Imagineer. Imagineer. <laughs> Good Lord. Imagineer Arcade and Craven's quest to call his family to reveal his true heir and converge in Central Park. Craven has organized a hunt to make all previous endeavors pale in comparison. And when Spider-Man left his sickbed to rescue the lizard's son, Billy Connors, he landed in the hunter's clutches and in his black costume. With a fight for his life in front of him, Spidey had better hope. There's nothing else on the periphery he's missed. Uh, we got Nick Spencer as the writer, Roberto Ramos on pencils, Victor Olabanza on inks, Edgar Delgado and Eric Archienega on colors, and VC's Joe Carmanga on letters and uh yeah this this thing starts off as soon as the last sentence hit on that blurb i knew exactly what was going to happen in this comic what spidey had better hope there's not nothing else going on in his periphery <laughs> yeah, and we're I'm, just gonna I'm get like, all other nonsense i'm like there's gonna be centipede dude yeah see <laughs> I, I don't even usually if it's a book like you know i'm fully invested in and in one i buy like this title is i don't usually have to read that beginning part it's kind of some of these other ones we uh just only read for the podcast they usually kind of rely on that a little more for to, to remind me of things that don't stick in my head as well but i yeah, normally yeah, don't read them either but you know with you so with so many books that i read yeah. that it, it's kind of hard sometimes to remember i just like to get the the brain firing on all cylinders read that little blurb unless i'm reading it back to back and then sometimes i've noticed that i've gotten some information from the blurb that yeah. I didn't get in the whole comic. The yeah, I usually end up calling those bad stories. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we start things off, and you know your instincts are right. If you thought we were going to kind of sidetrack things a little bit here in part two, because we start off obviously with this 
centipede crawling across a spider web and and you know the the whole scene goes down there of what you would imagine taking place but uh you know the narrator is obviously at this point the centipede guy because it's not any type of colored narration box you, you really recognize um in the series regularly or from craven or anybody at this point so yeah no uh, spider symbol in it or yeah and we don't even see them yet because then we, we're shuffled right off to central park uh, where we see just Spider-Man and a lot of villains all running from these various Craven bots that they're really going to spell out how they work and who they're from and and every aspect of their being here. This situation. this is the moment I realized that there's not a lot of these villains I really recognize. Yeah, see, I, I, there I are a lot villains. of C-listers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, well, the ones they're going to knock off certainly will be the C-listers. It's it almost seems like, especially with the theme going in this issue, but. Um, you know, if you're curious about the Craven bots, this issue certainly for you, uh, because yeah, villains go scattering. Uh, we, we really don't get much other than uh, Beetle discovering that the, you know the dome is placed over where they are. She can't just fly on out of here. Um, and, and then these Craven bots and, and the villains and Spider-Man all kind of start knocking each other around a little bit, mixed in with uh, I don't know, so a little more recap in case you didn't read any of the previous issues so far in the series. Yeah. Um, and then we're off to arcade. So yeah, I mean, we don't get any Craven throughout this entire issue. It's a very arcade no, heavy no, and yeah. centipede man heavy issue towards it's the end. Set, setting up the the B plot basically. Yeah. Like these these robots are here to uh, fight the villains and Spider Man. Any yeah. of the animal avatars, if you want. It's also a kind of a bit more recap as well because arcade was in the series previously when yeah. Tall Man was was lingering around and. He introduced that whole whole uh, you know trap room. Tall man had uh, Spider Man and Jonah in at, at that point in time. So yeah, it's a little more recap of of you know just arcade establishing he can do all this nonsense, and, working behind the scenes, usual <laughs> arcade nonsense. Yeah, so he's got a, a VR virtual reality system going here for all these rich hunters. Craven's recruited to this game. Huh? He, he's playing in Central Park, which is these Craven bots going after Spider Man and these various villains and. The first one they get as, as really the demonstration of what's going down here is Iguana, and he gets taken out. So R.I.P. Iguana. It was nice while it lasted. Uh, yeah. I, I don't understand why this has to take place in Central Park, though. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I you know, you, you think you, you, if you're able to though. capture all these people, you think you'd like transport them out of Central Park, make it a little less known or something yeah. like that. But yeah, this definitely whatever. Is, is yeah, I mean, a lot of attention because we even see Captain Marvel at one point, like mentioning how, you know, this is a, uh, a barrier she recognizes, but took forever to break through. And, and, you know, so we get all that secret empire tie in. Yeah. And um, it's just a slight tie in. It's just enough to keep the real comic book, you know, purist at heart <laughs> down basically i yeah, do like the idea about these the vr bots and how these rich people can control them to basically slaughter all the villains and anything they they want to do yeah but you don't really get enough of it i almost wish you like get a couple of uh, a couple of the millionaires or billionaires like coming up with cool weapons or something like that just to yeah, they can pretty much do whatever they want. They can imagine whatever weapon they want. And yeah. It comes true with these robots and, and, you know, all that. But they're they're essentially in no danger themselves at this point. But, um, I mean, like, he, he in, the one guy takes and uh, 
imagines a bar in his hand. Another g- guy later on has got a, like a whip around Rhino's neck. I mean, yeah. it, and some arrows being shot. They're really not imaginative for their weapons <laughs> yeah, at all. No. Yeah, I agree. There's no like giant bl- alien. Yeah, I mean, it's like M14s. I mean, here. there's yeah. nothing really. Maybe they're limited to, to weapons Craven gives them in in like their R2 menu. You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 Arcade pretty much spells it out like you can create anything your yeah. your imagination desires and it'll yeah, just be teleported into your hand they're rich people they don't got an imagination yeah they, they buy what they want yeah. uh but but anyway then we were off to just seeing mary jane kind of you know a callback to older craven stories of just remembering how she deals with these situations when peter's you know in trouble and and she's just trying to kill time until she he hopefully comes home safe <laughs> yeah so she dances around uh at one point she looks like you know I'm not trying to be racial here or anything she just looks like an orangutan with the way her <laughs> limbs are, are dangling here and there it is a really weird portrayal yeah. of how she pictures herself in her club night, like yeah. back like, in the like day, that is, that is not her sexiest self. No. You're calling back to not the better at times, all. but uh, it's like a crazy, po- crazy poison ivy when she yeah. just came out of the the goo in what was that Batman three or something like that, yeah, the cheesy yeah. Val Kilmer one. Yeah, yeah, that was gross. But um, that yeah, so she's dealing with all that emotional turmoil currently at this moment, and then it's back off to the forest where. Really, the next group of scenes is, is Peter uh, and being set up with this whole Gibbon tie-in coming next, the 18.8 shoe issue, because he offers to, you know, give Gibbon a hand. Gibbon's like, okay, at first, but then Vulture talks Gibbon into, you know, kind of saying, screw Spider-Man because he's a good guy, follow me. But that was all just a setup for Gibbon to get captured because one of the two of them had to go and he's faster than Gibbon, so... Yeah, we'll find out how that all wraps up in the in the tie-in issue coming up. I don't really? know. Really, that's exactly. what the tie-in issue is. About? Yeah, well, that, that's kind like, of. I, what I, I have no more... connection to Gibbon whatsoever. I yeah, don't really see, care. I only know <laughs> that because I did the solicit show for the podcast, so I knew that was all coming up. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's essentially the purpose of that entire scene is to set yeah, up the tie-in like for the Gibbon, and then uh, yeah, then then we kind of bring things to a close here. We see the inevitable betrayal of a uh, taskmaster st- stating that you know well all, we got all the animal villains here except for one and he he betrays black ant and he drops into the dome with everyone else and, and taskmaster waddles off uh and then that's when we are back to mary jane who has a centipede crawling through her hair for whatever reason She's unlike every other girl I've ever met in my life. And freaking yeah. out 0%. zero percent. <laughs> zero. Does not ask anything in their it. hair. They freak out. Does not ask it, anyone. It doesn't to even have to be her. in their hair. It's the possibility of maybe going yeah. in their hair. And, and then she doesn't even like, you know, kill the bug. She scoops no. it in a whiskey glass and lets it out the window. A centipede, one of the most disgusting bugs ever. Oh, yeah. I, I'm quick <laughs> to kill those things. Oh, yeah. They're not are not hanging out in my house. She goes back to bed and we see. This creepy centipede dude or girl, whatever it is, uh, I don't know, uh, just hanging over her as she's she's trying to catch some Z's here. And if I walked into the apartment and it walked into my house and I saw my wife scooping a centipede into a cup so she can catch and release it outside, <laughs> I would be <laughs> calling her doctor don't immediately don't to kill a and tell her, again. <laughs> tell, their, tell her doctor to upper medication because yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, is yeah. creepy. Mary Jane it's is one so of the kind for sure. But, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. That's the conclusion to this issue where we get no Craven, very little Spider-Man in, in part two of this hunted storyline. And, you know, I, I am personally one that has been asking for uh, more of the centipede, uh, you know, character. I, I want to find out who it is. This is the story I've really kind of latched onto and wanted since this series began. Uh, and, and being teased about it in the middle of this event is, is just kind of frustrating because it's the yep. same type of tease we've had. Uh, repeatedly throughout the I don't even so think it, it, it I don't even think it's like a, a tease at this point it takes me completely out of the story yeah, uh, yeah it, 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 it literally pull, pulls me out because I am super interested I finally have gotten little bit of hype in my head going for this hunted story all these villains stuck underneath a dome all these robots led by rich people just going around killing them and it seems like I mean all you you don't even really, it, it seems like there's a big fight going on, but it, yeah. all of it just bro boils down into one panel captures of yeah. all these villains who act like they've never seen guns shot at them before. <laughs> yeah, they're all just take off. Rhino really shouldn't be too scared of guns. I, no. I know other weapons uh, would, would probably bug them a little more, but. And he's taken yeah. down by a whip. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Ramos, uh, Ramos, Ramos's art, however yeah. you want to say his name. Uh, it was a little uneven, this issue. And then, you know, kind of yeah. the, the one scene that was heavy Spider-Man we got was all to set up the tie-in coming up, which I, I really don't have too much interest in picking up because of the character it's, it, it's featured in. And, and this story just hasn't grabbed me enough to, to invest in tie-ins at this point. I, so. I, I, I like the art quite a bit actually on this and it doesn't seem like it's, it's heavily inked like his stuff normally gets. Yeah. It's to, to go uh, Victor Olazamba. Yeah. Olazamba. If, I'm saying, if I'm saying that right, yeah. I, I, I don't recognize. Yeah, I like the name scenes better that are, outside of the dome like the mary jane stuff yeah with the exception of the flash it, it seems it, that's that stuff the seems a little seems weird more refi more refined of uh inking than yeah. it, than the stuff that's going on in the dome it that seems more like uh herberto ramos whatever his name is his more more of his style yeah. so um yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. My just overall score for it was a five. I mean, you can call it a special five if you want. I just think it's just a, a straight down the middle type of comic, and, and I, I don't fall on either side of the fence. Like, I don't absolutely hate it. I, I just don't absolutely recommend it to anybody either. So flat five, what are you giving it? I, I'll go just a tiny bit higher because the art. I do really enjoy the art. If I'm just flipping through this book, I'd be like, oh, there seems like there's a lot going on here. And then you yeah. read it, though. And it, 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 him going back to that centipede, though, I mean, it, yeah, the no. way he did it, one part I it, like, I do like, I do want to know more about that. But you're just throwing so much at me that I, I just, it's not like I can't comprehend what's going on, all the wheels within wheels and whatever. But, it, as soon as I start getting one little bit of interest in one story, he brings back another story that I was kind of like resigned to worry about later on. Yeah. And instead of getting the story that I want right now, I get a little bit of that and a little bit of this, and I'm not getting enough of either again. Yeah. And it's yeah. a repeated problem of his. So I'm, I'm going to go 5.5. 5. 
All right. So, yeah, we would kind of, I don't know. I, I think Jim would kind of agree with us uh, based on some Slack comments earlier in the week. We're, we're taking a guess on his scores tonight. But moving on to Daredevil number three, something we'll be a little more positive about. That's written by Chip Zdarsky. Uh, we got colors by, I'm, I'm looking for the, oh, there they are. Marco Cicchetto, uh artist and Sonny Gao. Um, Daredevil is wanted for murder. Detective Cole North. A tough-as-nails transplant from Chicago has been tasked with bringing the kitchen's guardian's devil in. Determined to prove his innocence, Daredevil revisited the scene of the robbery, only to come face-to-face -face with Detective North and his department-issued sidearm. No Fear Part 3 is here, and things start off with uh, Kingpin getting word of Daredevil's demise, and he wants to go, um, you know... See what's going on. He for wants himself. to grab some has, popcorn and pull yeah, up a chair. He has nothing else to do. And he has nothing to do with this. He just wants to check it out and then see how his old buddy goes down once and for all. So he, he heads off as we get to the credits and then revisit basically the cliffhanger from last issue where the detective took Daredevil down with a bullet. Here's the only really kind of got him in the shoulder here. So Daredevil's really all right, kind of playing dead for now and, and kind of, you know, Stating one of his powers is uh, he doesn't necessarily have to see you from the front to know where you're at and what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, I really like this scene. Yeah, and we get the cool. I always that. like when they do it in the Daredevil book, like kind of that 3D drawing thing with with yeah. the lines and the red vision. You kind of topographical see line work. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool. It's like your eighth grade art project, but it, mm -hmm. it, I like how they do it with the glowy kind of red neon colors. And yeah, real gives gives you the sense of of how he how he gets a. a sight of what the, I can't speak tonight gets a um, <laughs> sense of what's going on with his sight, even though he can't see. Um, but yeah, that, the, the detective comes up behind him and daredevil kind of looks like he kicks him straight in the nuts. Cause the guy, <laughs> the guy goes down pretty good and hard. I, I, and I'm pretty sure he does. Actually, he kicks the gun out of his head and then kicks him in the nuts. Yep. Yep. So that's what happens. And his partner's trying to, you know, fire off at daredevil who gets behind the wall and, and he, he realizes he can't, you know, do any rooftop jumping and, and uses batons really at this point due to his shoulder, even though he's, he seems to have one good shoulder and one bad shoulder, but he, he's not going to risk it. And he's trying to go Daredevil always on the has, ground. always has one good shoulder, one yeah. bad shoulder. Yeah, he should be used to it by now. He should, yeah. You know, just suck that bullet out with maybe the magnet on your baton or something. But uh, <laughs> off, the, off he goes. He's trying to, you know, get in disguise. And he ends up getting spotted by the detective, which I thought was... Uh, kind of a really cool way they, they showed it with the art. He's checking out kind of the people's shoes and he spots Daredevil's red shoes. Yeah. So he can then report, uh, you know, over radio what he he's now wearing as, as, you know, the undercover disguise of Matt Murdock is this point. So, you know, yeah, he also knows now that he has uh, red hair. Yes. So yeah, yeah. He's I might come back ID on Daredevil's uh, identity a little bit, at least from the back. So. Daredevil pulls the mask back on and he's back off on the chase. So we get a little bit of a chase issue here. He, he eventually does get surrounded. Uh, yeah, it's basically a, a fugitive yeah. running issue. Yeah, it definitely is. I thought he was jumping for the bridge. I, as soon as I thought, <laughs> he was kind of like stuck in this bridge scene. I'm like, oh, he's jumping. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, essentially um, the Chicago, what's his name? I can never remember this. Cole name. North. Cole North. That's that's why he sounds like a porn star. Yeah. Uh, so Cole North eventually kind of like meets Daredevil in the middle of the circle. All the other cops are a little hesitant to do something, you know, because Daredevil's been, you know, helping them 
fight crime basically for years upon years and helping them catch these criminals, dropping them off to them. And they all and got Cole respect North, for him. Yeah. Cole North doesn't have that attachment to daredevil. So he's the one that approaches daredevil and they decide to kind of duke it out. Mano a mano here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, daredevil takes an L basically. He, he gets a few lumps in at the start, but Cole's a boxer here. He, he ends up getting the drop on uh, daredevil through a couple good hits, handcuffs him on the cop car. Uh, and goes for the unmasking, but eventually is, like we said before, uh, stopped by these cops, kind of, you know, this, giving him the excuse of, you know, this is kind of one of us. We don't, we don't take fellow cops. We arrest on the perp walk. Don't give them the perp walk. Yeah, yeah, we're going to I really like that too. That same, that same benefit. And I, I also, I thought that was an awesome scene during the, the running scene. They have Matt Murdoch or daredevil running past some kids. The kids won't tell the cops because you know, they respect them. They've, they, the cops are the yeah. same thing. He, he knows most of the cops by name. Yes. Yeah, so uh, you know, outlawed by the mayor. Technically he's, you know, ruled a vigilante who, who's unlawful. All these people still technically respect him, uh, you know, for the years he's put in, the bruises he's taken on their behalf. Yeah. Um, and it's really done well. It's not forced in. It, no, it's, it, it's, it's like per- personal yeah. moments happening with characters that you're just kind of passing by. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, you have a better, uh, more, you know, uh, attachment to Daredevil than I do. This is a book I've literally, these are some of my first Daredevil solo, t- uh, you know, issues I've ever really read. And, and it's something I've really you're, kind you're of got in, into. You're uh, luck. You're yeah, luck because this, this is, this <laughs> is very good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Cole's taking him in now. Um, he has to stay on the scene because, you know, he's taking some bumps and bruises. So the ambulance has got to come check him out and clear him before he's allowed to go back to base. So these other cops have, uh, you know, basically the benefit of taking Daredevil in. And I thought, you know, Daredevil would end up getting out of these cuffs and be let out by these cops somewhere in an alley along the way. But it's even better than that. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty cool scene with Kingpin just kind of waddling off. Cause he doesn't really know what to do with himself. He thinks daredevil's finally caught. So he's just going to go to leave before toast. the reporters get there. Yeah. Basically. He's, he's going to go generate a statement with his lawyers. Yeah. And then, um, you know, these cops that are taking daredevil in, they suddenly just start getting bombarded by obviously bullet fire uh they're yeah. taking cover everyone's taking cover all the um, cop cars are getting shot up bullets ricocheting all over the place yeah and this isn't far from where cole is currently so he starts running off to the scene as these smoke grenades drop and by the time everything clears and he's able to to get a good look at what's going on daredevil has been busted out of this cop car and we eventually find out uh in the end it was done a la the punisher um, which in a pretty cool scene because he's like uh, kind of welcoming Daredevil to the club since he's now mm. quote unquote killed somebody. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, it, and he's and also it. done some repairs on his bullet wound yeah. as, as an old friend should. So uh, that's how yeah. this ends, and and we get a, a probably a Daredevil and Punisher heavy issue next. And uh, I don't know, this is something I totally opposite end of what I just read from Spider-Man. I definitely fully enjoyed. Uh, it was just on point and, and continued the one story we've been getting and, and kind of mm. sets up some other threads, you know, a little bit along the way for, for interesting beats to come, but not dedicating the entire focus of the issue to those beats. So I, I, I along with the art, which I think is fantastic in this issue as well, I'm going to give this a 9.0. How about you? 
Uh, I'm going 9.5 on this one. I absolutely loved it. Shadow's artwork is just stunning as usual. I, I love uh, Chip Zdarsky's idea, or I, I don't know if it's exactly his idea or if he read it in one of the other Daredevils previously, but the uh, the idea of having the, the, the whole world everywhere around you is your eyeballs as Daredevil. Yeah. You can see it behind you, to the side of you, everywhere. And, and if he sticks to that, uh, and has plans how to utilize that more i'm going to be so in love with the, the, the series seriously because i mean that that is one aspect of his that really gets overlooked by a lot of writers yeah. and, uh, on how well he uses his senses so uh definitely a 9.5 it's a huge buy for me it, the inner the interpersonal workings of all the side characters just regular everyday people in this book is really what gives daredevil his heart because he's out there with the people on yeah. the ground ground level all the time yeah i think he does so, did a great job of you know showcasing that this issue especially with uh the different people throughout uh you know this city that he's familiar with just the the kids that kind of respect him kind of just gangs of kids that that he helps out and I and mean, like, all the way up to the cops like so even the people protecting those people uh he he helps out too so everybody looks out for daredevil and it was really showcased even the punisher you can feel you can feel the thought given into this issue yeah yeah, yeah. no I, and i really you know the cliffhanger is something that you know uh it genuinely gets me excited to read next issue. And yeah, I, I was like really enjoying it. this issue, but by the end, I was super excited, actually. Yeah, so I like where it's going, and uh, yeah, the continued adventures of Cole North after Daredevil, you can sign me up for. So uh, we're going to move on to our final book of the night, uh, Fantastic Four, number eight. That is written by Dan Slott. We got a, a heck of an art team here. We got Aaron Cooter, Stefano Caselli, David Marquez, Riley Brown, Matt Yaki on colors and VCs Joe Kermanga on letters. I'm not going to read this whole blurb, but I'm going to fill you in on the last little part here. Post-wedding, read stop time long enough for Ben and Alicia to tie the knot. Then the team jetted off to Latveria to investigate. The moment they crossed the border, they were attacked by a victorious Latverian patriot named Zora. <laughs> Doom had granted her cosmic power to lure in Galactus. With the help of the Fantastic Four, they defeated the Devourer of Worlds, but Doom's true goal was to harness Galactus's power for the good of Letveria. Before the Fantastic Four could stop him from subjugating the World Eater, Doom sentenced them to death. And that's where we pick up this issue. We see Doom and his people very busy at work. It looks like they got all sorts of oil pipes running off of Galactus Yeah, in 24-hour span. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It was almost like he had people Is that Mario along. on the front page there? Yeah. <laughs> this was a well-organized uh, mission by Doom and everybody. Yeah, in he, he's been stockpiling pipe work for a while. <laughs> yeah, so, so they're making great progress here. And, and we got Victorious overlooking the entire thing. Uh, she's supervising everything as, as Doom kind of uh, just narrates the events going down because he has all Fantastic Four members currently in different customized prison cells, uh, kind of as a way to torture them into, I don't know, really just rubbing it in their face in a way before he just van van banishes them once and for all. Uh, it yeah, it almost seems like he just wants to keep them just to to. to just to rub it Lord in the over them. them. Yeah. yeah. So he visits Reed first. He's got Reed stretched to the max in this cold room. And basically if Reed tries to 
I don't know, do anything. Essentially, he's going to shatter into a million pieces. Um, and this is just Doom being braggadocious to each of the Fantastic Four in just different ways. He, like a dummy, ends up showing Reed his plan. <laughs> I don't know why he hasn't learned to stop doing this after maybe the four millionth time he, he actually does, but uh, it eventually comes into play later on, I'm sure. He's then, he then jettons, Jetsons off to visit the thing. And I actually think I like the things trap the best yeah. where he's like, basically, you know, I, I know I can't really design something strong enough to keep you because you're going to dig down deep enough to, to eventually get out of whatever I put you in. But mm -hmm. this one, I put you in, if you get out of the, you kill your other, uh, other three teammates. So yeah. I, I thought that was a good twist. Probably my favorite of the ones that he, he came up with for the fantastic four, because frankly, I just don't understand, uh, Sue's and and I think um Johnny's is kind of lame so it's, he's just like in a tub of water yeah <laughs> it, it, it definitely adds a little gravitas to the whole diabolical plan thing which yeah. I appreciated quite a bit actually I'm here for Do uh, doom being braggadocious and oh yeah I mean, it's his writing. biggest it's his biggest flaw yeah yeah <laughs> definitely so uh you know we visit the other two members of the fantastic four as well like I mentioned I think their traps are a little more lame than the first two. Like it, all his ideas ran out on, yeah. on uh, read, uh, read and thing. And yeah. Thing. yeah. And then he, he just came up with some lame ones for the yeah. other two, but put him I in thought, a tube um, of breathable water, put her in a noise chamber. Yeah. I, guess. Yeah, I don't understand. I, I don't know why she just doesn't anyway, punch, the speakers, so. punch the speakers out. Uh, I, I thought at this point where Johnny gets visited by Victoria, she would have, she would actually like, provide him like a key or something or some way to break out because he kind of helped her but she mm -hmm. you know is, is much along the line of doom finds that to be weak of him <laughs> um, yeah. so we continue on as doom's rubbing it in everyone's face before we go off to franklin and franklin is having bad dreams of that villain we initially got peaks of from the you and me both you and me yeah. both. i'm like yeah I, I have nightmares of ever seeing her again in this comic and they've now come true so here we are uh yeah he, he, she's trying to torture him by like killing all the creatures billions of creatures he's created yeah in the multiverse right yeah, I, I guess it's either a bad dream i don't really think it's a bad dream i, I think, think she's just trying to communicate to him yeah to screw with him um and then he wakes up with blue hair. He looks like Papa Smurf here. Uh, or, uh, remember, he dyed his hair a couple of issues. See, I don't remember that, but I guess so. I, I'll yeah, take your word for he, it. He, he died. He died he, I remember him dyeing his hair, and then they uh, whisked him off over to Aunt Petunia's house. Yeah. So he, he kind of has like a forced uh, you know teenage moment after this bad dream where he wants to mm. go take a walk and, and kind of has a, a mean moment with his blind auntie here. Um, and she's all distraught because he's he's really never kind of done this before. Well, we also get glimpses of these goblins. And I think these goblins are the ones kind of making him act a little crazy, to be honest with you, lately. Making yeah, him, they're, like, they're probably you know, transmitting that message to him or something. Yeah, I, I think they're behind this blue hair, too, because that's nonsense. I mean, come on. 
but but well, anyway. just you wait, you'll be experiencing it. <laughs> yeah, the fact channel is is our next visit as we see the report get interrupted by by Doom once again after the reporter basically <laughs> like coming on the air to say they'll never be interrupted again. <laughs> They're interrupted by Doom. Who, that generally got got a laugh out of me. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Doom, who basically is here to to rub in the world's faces, he has the ultimate power supply, the power the power cosmic. He's going to use it to go to space and, and take humanity to its max potential. Um, and, and at this point, he's showing everybody how he's going to knock off the Fantastic Four <laughs> in a pretty gruesome bed. He, he warns everybody, you know, put your kids to bed because this is going to be ugly. Uh, and then we just, you know, we have everybody out looking for Franklin. He eventually runs into, I don't know who this weird kid is. Do you know? She comes out of nowhere. It's It's got to be, I don't know what this is. No, I don't. I don't recognize her at all. Okay, yeah, I thought maybe you had a little more Fantastic Four history than I did. He, he, Franklin also kind of seems confused to yeah. Throw and it out you, he well, says, so. and Wendy, nice hair by the way. Like yeah, she, look, she, I, she tries to just you know play off that thing like uh, that Seinfeld episode where George George wasn't sure if he got the job or not, so he's just going to show up and and act like he did and <laughs> until somebody said something. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what this girl is doing. She's just he, showing up, pretending they're friends. And well, it says FF239, yeah. so maybe she had some other part. I, I just kind of took her as maybe it was one of those gremlins uh projecting this image of wendy or yeah, something like I, that. I think everything's tied like to he he was pretty like he, good to go like yeah i'll go hang out with you maybe that's the teenagers talking right there in him yeah who knows we'll <laughs> see but uh then we're back off to latveria where you know the the doom situation is hitting a fever pitch as he's about to hit this button to make the fantastic four go kablooey uh sue uses her power to make it invisible, uh, I, I don't know if invisible also means it disappears from where it's at. Because yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's apparently what but, it does mean in this comic book, the, though. The because one, Doom the one part is you did miss, though, it, it is, is Reed told Doom that he uh, miscalculated again. Yeah. Yeah, so, so essentially, yeah, Doom's going to blow up the entire Earth by his miscalculations. Even though he's trying to kill the Fantastic Four, they're essentially trying to help him. Um, and, and they make this bu buzzer disappear so he doesn't kill them. But they also do something rather rude to the poor man as they strip him butt naked to the core, it seems, as, as we end the issue with Doom's face and body all scarred up being broadcast to everybody, which we know he is not a huge fan of um yeah he is very that, vague with this looks. And, and i'm a fan of the cliffhanger i'm a fan of what's going on here uh i don't know the the humor was it hit better than it has in previous issues i yep. think the, the only part i uh i feel like is just underspell the tad is is the uh whole franklin scenario like i'm not really sure what's going on there i i see these goblins I don't know if they're tied to that villain from the first arc or not, or if there's something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. I'm pretty uh, sure Kind of like her little spies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we weren't huge fans of her. I don't need another story involving her so soon. Yeah. But I'm it, digging it, this Doom stuff in the meantime, and I'm going to give this uh, along with the art, which kind of uh, had, a, had a group effort, but I, I liked it more than I didn't like it. I'm going to give it an eight and give it the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, how about you? I'm going to join you with that eight, actually. Um, Aaron Cooter's art, I, I've always adored Aaron Cooter's art, and I'm really loving it on this. It, it 
it has that imagination spark to it that an FF book needs. Yeah. And uh, it, it's got to have that kind of playfulness too. Cause I mean, it, a lot of wacky stuff will happen in an FF book and <laughs> you, you just kind of, you got to just roll with it sometimes yeah. because it, it, it's a lot of science jar- jargon. I really liked when I was younger, like the fantastic four. And it's not something I did like when I was younger, but I feel like, you know, being an older curmudgeon that I am, some of this goofy humor kind of hits me in a better spot than it used to. And, and yeah. I enjoy it a little more. Yeah, for sure. And whenever other robots are repeating Doom's orders, I love it. <laughs> so, I mean, right, it won me off the bat right away with uh, Victorious flying in. And she she's saying, I must see Doom and the master is busy, cannot be disturbed right now. And she's like, he ordered me to do it. Well, Doom's orders must be to obey it. <laughs> so they're, they're going against one Doom orders to obey a different Doom order that wasn't directly from Doom. But, you know, it's it just, it, it has it has that spark that, that's been sorely missing from this yeah. book. And, and I, I, I hope can, Dan Slott continues with it because yeah. it, it, do, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be brilliance. It just has to be fun. Yeah, fun and can, give me your all. Tell me, yeah. you tell me you're you're trying. Yeah, and yeah, and, and story we don't need that villain. Yeah, I know yeah. we we don't need any more of her. If that's a one shot, I can tell. She's got a good visual more. though, so yeah, I can she does understand. Cool. I do like I like the way she looks. I agree. There, it but, it uh, almost reminds me of like that uninteresting. Yeah, it almost reminds me of that. Uh, the the the. Uh, vampires from Spider Verse, in a way. Yeah, more loon and all those clowns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it for the podcast. At least uh, you know the weekly edition this week. If you guys wanted to hear one more book, uh, get you over to the weekend. We did uh, Invaders yesterday. Invaders number three. We both like that. Uh, a little down from issues one and two, but Jim did still say he would marry the series at this point. Uh, if he was presented the opportunity to do so. Uh, so that's a ringing endorsement if I've ever heard one. Uh, but yeah, if you guys are again, looking to reach out to us again, the website where we'll have the written reviews, weird science, marvel Uh, the Patreon has a whole bunch of extra shows. Uh, I'm a member, Aaron's a member. You get in on the Slack. You can talk to a whole bunch of people. As get well. in on Hulk Vereens. Yeah, you can, you this can week get too. in on the Hulk Vereen <laughs> talk. Uh, that's at Weird Science on Patreon. Uh, at WS Marvel Comics is the Twitter account. Uh, and then Weird Science Marvel Comics at gmail.com. If you guys got anything good, bad, indifferent, whatever you want to say, that's where you can say it and hear it on the podcast on the weekend edition. Uh, so we are signing off to you guys. Hope you didn't miss Jim too much. And, and we did a good enough job uh, that you made it to the end here because we did like two of these three books a heck of a lot. Uh, just, uh, you know, Spider-Man needs to rebound a little bit. I think I'm going to like Spider-Man more when we end The Hunted than I, I am while The Hunted is going on. But uh, yeah, you keep telling yourself that. Yeah, I, I keep <laughs> dangling the carrot just further, further in front of myself to keep buying the book. So, uh, all right, we're out of here. And next week we will talk to you guys. Peace out. Later.